Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm Sarah, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Ashley Bohens. Hey! Crystal Chang. Hello, friends! And our guest today, Dan Scott. Hey! And Dan has been with us before, but just a reminder for those of you who have not met Dan before. He is the curriculum director for 252 Kids and Preteen here at Orange. And earlier this year, Dan wrote a book specifically about preteens called Caught in Between. And we're here today to talk to Dan about his book, what he's learned in studying this age, and to connect the dots about why this stage matters for those of us in youth ministry. Awesome. Dan, the book is so good. It's so yes. good. Oh, thank you, awesome. guys. Super awesome. Also, the author photo on the back <laughs> is Dan in middle school. It's which is middle school. Yes, Dan. this is my Perfect. fifth grade. Oh, preteen Dan. Yes, this is my fifth grade <laughs> class picture. And I'm wearing a tie because uh, they always, I went to a Christian school okay. and it was chapel day. Oh. Uh, and they always <laughs> made sure that those two were together. So all the boys would be wearing ties. So you had to wear ties on chapel day. Yeah. Just chapel day though. Okay. Uh, every other day was just a, you know, collared shirt. Got it. Have you it. had many comments on the, the photo? Yeah, I have. Yeah. It's <laughs> so brave. I don't think I would put my Zero fifth grade picture. Nobody <laughs> would buy the book if I put mine. Yeah. Well, well, it was Nobody like a total to accident. It was a total yeah. accident. It was like, Hey, we need a headshot. I'm like, Oh, I don't have one, but yeah. I've been posting these on my social media. Yeah. And the publishing team was like, do it. It's it's a great idea. Yeah. It was so perfect. Funny. It was awesome. So we've all read parts, if not all of this book before. And we just wanted to hear a little bit from you about what caused you to be interested in this topic. What are some of the things you've learned about it and what we can learn as youth leaders based off of what you discovered in writing this book? Yeah, that's a big question. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a massive question. Um, but to answer the first part, uh, why it's you know been on my heart and why I just felt yeah. like we should write down some ideas. I've had a lot of experience working with Mm preteens over the years. I I was a sixth grade English and Bible teacher. That's Mm -hmm. actually what got me into church ministry. I had to write curriculum for my sixth grade Bible class the year that I was a teacher before I retired as you do, mm-hmm. um, after a year of teaching <laughs> sixth graders. And, uh, hey now, hey, hey now, I know, I know, I know. I loved them and I wanted to work with them more and I wanted to work with them in the context of the church after right. writing curriculum for yeah. them. And so that's why I went to seminary and, you know, I ended up going into children's ministry, but the preteen side of what we did was always really exciting to me. These, okay. these fifth graders, fourth graders, sixth graders, they're just at such a, a unique phase of life. Yeah. And then in my own family, my wife, Jenna, and I have four kids mm-hmm. and three of them are through the preteen years. And one of them is like smack dab in the middle of it. Okay. So I'd been learning things at home yeah. and research that we did for the phase project yeah. and just what we've done for curriculum here. So, I just felt like it was time to put down some of that research into a book. Cause a lot of people have been asking us. Yeah about the phase. What, how would you, what would you say the ages are? I know that there's some kind of- There is, there's a discrepancy for sure. Um, Some would go as young as eight years old, especially in girls because of uh, early onset puberty. Okay. But, you know, I kind of keep it in that like 10 to 12 year old range. Okay. Some boys though, they're going to act way more like preteens into seventh grade, 13 years old, because really- Preteen is not necessarily physical. Okay. It's it's a lot of what's happening mentally with how they're thinking about okay. life from concrete thinking to abstract right. thinking, how they deal with relationships and friendships. All of those play into it as much as 
I've been through puberty or right. I haven't been through so puberty. So you would say it starts a little bit later for boys as well. So girls could start as early as nine. Yeah. And yes. And boys, boys are later around later 11. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So right now it feels like, is it normally falling under a children's ministry environment? Like what's, what's the kind of the problem with the preteen? In the church now? world, like if you're looking at next gen ministries mm-hmm. across the board, a lot of churches default to what their school systems do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if their school system, you know, goes through fifth grade or goes through sixth grade, those kids are just automatically going to be put into the children's ministry. Yeah. In some districts, we break those rules because sixth graders feel like we should move them up right. into middle right. school and, and, you know, be with an eighth grader. So that I think has been the default okay. that we're going to put preteens with the kids ministry Got because it. a lot of them are still kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, a 10 year old's a fourth grader right. and that's, you know, that's, that's a kid, but we are finding a lot of middle school pastors are starting to speak into it because the children's pastors are like, my fifth graders are checking out. Yeah. I don't know what to that's do with them. Problem. And they are checking yeah. out. But the answer is not necessarily to put them into a room with eighth graders because right. a fifth grader and an eighth grader are mm-hmm. so developmentally different. Right. And what they need out of a message series right. appli- from the application standpoint, you know, which you guys could absolutely speak to, are very different as yeah. well. Right. Right. One of the things I loved about your book is it didn't feel like a kids pastor book and it didn't feel like a middle school pastor book. It felt like a family ministry book. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. That you almost yeah. have to have a comprehensive family ministry to yeah. get this right. Because I think as I sit around and listen to preteen conversations, as a high school person, I'm like, do I care though? Yeah. <laughs> should I care? Should I care? Am I supposed to care? But I think yeah. you should. Because I, I think what we're finding is that... What's happening in fifth grade doesn't get played out until high school. So in fifth grade, that's when they initially start to check out. That's when they initially have those big questions about their faith. Like, wait a second. You know, we talked about this on the Think Orange podcast where there's this moment for a kid when they start to realize that Noah's Ark isn't the happy pictures that they see in a church nursery, Mm -hmm. but is a bunch of floating bodies, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. that, and that starts to mess with their minds. Mm -hmm. And so that's when they start to question and children's ministries aren't necessarily the safest place to ask hard questions about faith. Mm -hmm. They, they, they should be, unfortunately, the stereotype is that they're not. Mm -hmm. And so that's when they start to question. And by the time they get to high school, if they haven't had the, been able to wrestle with any of those questions, they get a driver's license and then they leave. Right. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no one that has bridged any of the transitions yeah. between elementary and middle and middle and high school. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I mean, we really need to look at all the transitions. Yeah. Well, the preteen ministry is just like the first big one right. that, that happened. That was one of the things I, I remember reading in your book that churches lose kids at every transition. And Absolutely. that this is, we typically think of wow. transitions from the elementary to middle school and middle school to high school, but you're saying this is a transition happening within yep. elementary. And it happens within, the, because what what is happening in the brain is so significant. Uh-huh. This movement from everything is black and white to, mm-hmm. whoa, nothing is black and white. What does that mean? Does that mean everything right. that I've learned up uh, up until this point is wrong? Yeah, yeah. Or mm-hmm. you know, not true? And, and there there's just not a space for them mm-hmm. to ask those questions because most of them are still in this environment with a kindergartner. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, well, this is it. Must just mean that church isn't for me. Right. 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 One of my favorite parts of the book, Dan, was when you talked about 
if we can engage a preteen and the parent of a preteen while they're yeah. a preteen, the more success we'll have in keeping them engaged when they're middle and high school. Yeah. Because in the preteen phase, they yeah. still really care. Right. I mean, yeah. not that they... No, but they do. <laughs> no, because... No, that's true. Like, it's not that they don't care. But... No, but parents care in a very different way about their fifth grader yes. than they do even about their sixth grader. Yeah. How because, so? Explain that. Well, in... <sighs> At least around here. Yeah. And in a lot of schools that I've been a part of, fifth grade is the last year of elementary school. Right. And especially in the church. It's usually, it's very often the last year before they go into middle school. Right. So parents have this urgency mm-hmm. where they're hypersensitive mm-hmm. to, oh my word, my kid's growing up. Am I giving them what I need to mm-hmm. give them? Am I, yeah. you know, creating the right space for them? And they're going to middle school and it has and, such a bad reputation. It has such a bad reputation. <laughs> That they're like, right. oh no. You know, so they pay a lot of attention in yeah. fifth grade. Yep. Yeah. And when I talk to preteen pastors, specifically, you know, preteen pastors, this is their primary responsibility. They're saying they have so much engagement from moms and dads because in their minds, their child is still a child. It's like their last mm-hmm. chance. And it's their last chance. Yeah. And they want to do everything they can to set up that fifth grader well yeah. for the future. Yeah. Elementary pastors would say the same thing. Uh-huh but they're not necessarily resourced to answer the questions in the way the fifth grade parent needs them because they're also thinking about the parent of the kindergartner right. who's also going through a massive transition yes. on that end. Right. right, yeah. And so they they have to pick and choose where their energies go. And you know, if, if we can create somehow this environment where we have fifth and sixth graders or fourth and th- through sixth graders with this experience where there's someone in charge of, Mm-hmm. what mom and dad are experiencing mm-hmm. and what yeah. kids are experiencing, we are going to set them up because we can be more specific with them. And the more specific your audience, the clearer your applications, right. you know, the better you can prepare them in that stage of life. So, so we talk a lot on this podcast about like the difference between middle and high school. Yeah. For anyone that's listening who's like, well, I'm trying to make more of an effort for middle school. Like, What would you say is the biggest difference between like a preteen ministry and a middle school ministry? That's a great question. Uh, that's a great question. And it's probably in how you talk about the different topics. Because mm-hmm. it's not that they don't need the topics. You right. know, it, 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 the statistics show that 11-year-olds stumble upon porn as much, mm-hmm. you know, as right. eighth graders, you know, might stumble upon it. Uh, 11 is a massive year for that. So we, we do have to talk about it. But they are, for the most part, still kids. Right. Mm-hmm just hitting puberty for the first time. They're not on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. So the eighth grader needs something way different than Mm -hmm. the fifth grader needs. They still both need the conversation on some level, Mm -hmm. but one is more foundational and one is like, hey, you might've already messed up. So one is catching them on the front end Mm -hmm. and one is helping reconcile the issues on the back end. Hmm. So it sounds like what you're saying is that preteen ministry might be the last preventative ministry. Is that right, Dan? Yeah, okay. in so many words, sure. Okay, because we actually say like a similar thing about middle school ministry when we when we talk about the difference right. between middle sure. and high school. So yeah, in my mind, I'm still trying to figure out like what are the what is the difference? Like if I'm a student pastor and I'm in charge of, or I'm a next gen pastor, I'm in charge of everything. Like, yeah. is it enough to just do it in middle school? I'm thinking the foundational preventative is happening at fourth and fifth grade. Start earlier. It's starting earlier mm-hmm. because it's introducing the fact that there's a, that there's a world out there that is hard. 
to right. deal with and live through and make choices in. And you're not necessarily with the fourth or fifth grader going into as much detail about that, but you are laying a foundation when their minds are starting to go from this concrete to abstract. Right. You're maybe not going abstract, but you're at least acknowledging the world is gray. Yeah. And there are going to be choices that you have to make, and it's going to be difficult. And some of these choices are coming at you. Mm-hmm. Like you you you're looking at an ad on your phone cuz you just want to play this game, and all of a sudden you're hit with this, you know, mm-hmm this image that you don't know what to do with. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no one having that conversation. Yeah. So would yeah. it be fair to say that maybe preteen is, is they start to identify that the world isn't black and white, it's gray, yeah. and that it's there is like brokenness in the world. Yeah. And middle school might be where they start to move towards, oh, there's brokenness in me. Yeah. Like there's yeah, something not yeah. beautiful about me. Yeah. And then it proceeds to high school. Would that be fair to say? I think that yeah. would be and great to say. And to your to point say. about losing kids in the transitions, that if that's not acknowledged in the upper elementary preteen, they're never going to get to the, Absolutely. they will fall away from the ministry. Absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. It's such a questions. big deal that you make preteen ministry a safe place to talk about right. the brokenness in the world and the place that things don't add up. Because even as you're talking about the hard questions that they ask, I'm thinking, wow, I haven't seen a lot of ninth graders ask that. I haven't seen a lot of 10th graders ask that, but all of a sudden it pops up in 11th grade. Mm. And I think, honestly, a lot of students have had those questions since fourth and fifth grade, but they learned it wasn't okay to ask them. Yeah. And in 11th grade, they get car keys and they're deciding, do I stay or do I go? And suddenly those questions become a big deal. Yeah. Right. And they've snowballed into something that they don't even know how to be For in the sure. Process. Well, see, most children's ministry environments are not built around questions. They're built around statements. Here's this, really say good. that again. Yeah. Say that yeah. again. <laughs> Most children's ministries are not built around questions. They are built around statements. So here is a true statement that you should learn because it is foundational to your faith growing up. Yeah. What we try to do through 252 preteen, okay. what I would hope churches do across the board when their kids get into preteen ministry is that they start from a place of questions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they be that they introduce that questions are okay to ask mm-hmm. because I do I think I think you're right I think the kids do have the questions earlier mm-hmm. but they're in a statement environment right. where they're like oh well if it doesn't go with this statement these like this bottom line that I should learn mm-hmm. right oh, I don't know what to do with that like mm-hmm. they and they they haven't been given Small group leaders don't know how to handle hard questions necessarily, mm-hmm. and and they just don't create that safe place. So and they so applaud I would ra- the kids who make statements. Which yes, I've noticed the tendency yes, to applaud the kids the, who make statements. And- it's yeah. the Bible quiz team. It's right. the you know the rote memory sticker on right. the chart. Like mm-hmm. we're going to give you a prize from the treasure box. Like, and that is okay mm-hmm. on some level because we do want kids to have have a concrete right. understanding. Mm-hmm of their faith and what that means. But at some point we're going to kick against the foundation Mm -hmm. and is the environment safe enough for me to do that? Right. And that is what I'm hoping this book can do for churches across the world. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's lofty, but I want them to be able to create a safe environment where if I'm going to kick against the foundation, 
it's not crumbling. Yeah. Dan, I think that's so brilliant and helpful for listeners. I really do. And I think I'm so grateful that you're blazing this trail because there Mm -hmm. aren't a ton of people talking about preteen to youth pastors. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the convictions I felt even in reading your book was, did I do a great job partnering with my preteen or our children's pastor in in my church, you know, um, could I have done better? And I'm like, you know, as a three on the Enneagram, I'm making a list of all the ways, (laughs) you know, because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about all this, but something I really loved about it was it really showed me and reminded me that the bridge into middle school ministry is just as important as the bridge out of middle school ministry. Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of times people talk about the the transition from middle to high yeah. school. And even though parents are feeling the tension between yeah. elementary and middle. I, the church just takes it for granted. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They want to move up. So they're just, they're just going to move exactly. up. Exactly. But I don't know if they've been mentally prepared to move up. Like they might be feeling the anticipation yeah. that like, I'm done with children's ministry. I can't wait to get to middle school ministry. A kid is definitely feeling that. Right. But they don't know what that's going to mean for how they're going to process content. What is that environment right. going to look like? Right. How is it different? How are, and so all of us, and, and because many middle school ministries start during the summer, mm-hmm. they haven't even hit a middle school classroom yet. Right. So they that's haven't, too, you know, yeah. they haven't even learned how to process information as a middle schooler. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they are still kids when they first <laughs> enter, you know? I remember as a sixth grade teacher, like the first few months of school, like before Christmas break, yeah. the sixth graders, like I'd be like passing your papers, put your name on your paper, pass it in. And they'd like raise their hand and be like, I put the date on it too. Should I rewrite it? I'm like, what? <laughs> Why are you asking me this question? And then it was like Christmas oh, happened and then buddy, all of a sudden they no. were in middle school. Well, no, I mean, I was even walking through <laughs> church yesterday on the way to, you know, where we attend big church. We dropped our kids, our girls off in the middle school environment. Mm-hmm. And you could tell who a sixth grader was. <laughs> yeah. Like a hundred percent. Like they were like the boys were three feet tall and <laughs> they, you know, and they looked like deer in the headlights. Yeah. What is happening? And they've been part of that middle school environment now for almost six weeks. Right. And it is still like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and so you're, I love that you say that about the bridge into it, because mm-hmm. that really is what caught in between is all about because they're falling through the cracks. Right. It's like the bridge has these massive gaps between the spaces on yep. it. It's like a rope bridge and they're just falling through the cracks. And what what a preteen ministry does is it it does it catches them in between mm-hmm. and it helps them navigate that bridge mm-hmm. and helps bring them from one to the next. And that's not just in the fun stuff that they wish that they had in children's ministry, but it's also the way we process scriptural truth. Mm-hmm. So good. From one phase to the next. I love that concept of caught in between because in high school ministry, we often talk about that scary statistic that 70% or 80% or 60%, whatever you're reading at the moment is the number of kids who leave the faith after they leave high school. And then we say, well, nobody noticed that they really left their faith in 10th grade, right? but they were still showing up. And I think that's also true of fourth and fifth grade. Absolutely, We don't notice because they're physically still there. Right. Yeah. We may have already lost them. Yeah. I mean, if you catch kids in the transitions, think about how many kids should be graduating right. high school. Mm. Right. So instead All of the kids that were, we've lost yeah. along the yeah. way, and we're just talking about from ninth grade to 12th grade, but we've yeah. probably lost a ton of them even before they get to that ninth grade, yeah. that high school wow. environment. 
Instead of comparing 12th grade to 11th grade, we should compare 12th grade to 4th grade. Sure. Yeah, that's wild. That is. My mind is blown right now. <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> I'm going to check out for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I process all of this. I think one of the places we lose students most is in the questions, like yeah. what you're saying, which reminded me of something that I read in the book that I, I loved. I wanted to share it with you guys. Dan says, the point is don't let kids wait until adulthood to wrestle with tough questions. Preteens need a place where they can think critically about concepts that adults now take for granted. Mm -hmm. And in all honesty, giving preteens room to question can be exhausting because you've already processed those questions for yourself. You might have an answer that you feel good about. You might feel perfectly okay not having an answer, but just remember this. This isn't about your answer. This is about their process. So good. Really so good. good. Really Which really good. is about, I think, student ministry in general. Yeah. Agreed. Y you know, because... If you are an adult leader, you have wrestled through a yeah. lot and you take for granted that they are at the beginning of their journey mm -hmm. or, or maybe not the beginning, but they're not at the part of the journey that you're at. Mm -hmm. Your job is a guide. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that, mm -hmm. that I'm just a few steps ahead of you mm -hmm. and we're just going to walk through these together. And I love, yeah, it's absolutely process. I think that's why around here, a lot of us, and we're, we all work for an organization that makes curriculum. So we're all a little biased toward using curriculum. Sure. <laughs> but one of the reasons we're biased is that if I don't, I will teach what I'm learning now right. at my age now. Right. Or yes. if I'm in seminary, I'm teaching what I'm learning in my seminary classes to a group of 14-year-olds or a group of 12-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's really more about where they are than where I am. Yeah. Or should be. Or should be. Them. Yeah, that's great. So I think we can all agree that what, everything you're saying, Dan, we are like 100% on board with. Love it. Um, but I think the Good, biggest question is what does this look like played yeah. out practically in a church yeah. environment, especially if there's just a children's pastor and, and one children's pastor and one student ministry pastor? Absolutely. What does this look like? What are the, you know, the, the details, the kind of practical application of yeah. all of this? That's a great question. Also, a big question, yeah. you know, because a lot of it depends on the ministry, the church, right. the dynamic, the volunteer right. structure, all of those things. Uh, the back half of the book mm -hmm. is all about the implementation of the ideas. Got it. So that's sort of how I structured the book, yeah. that the first half was like, who is this kid mm -hmm. that we're talking about? And the back half is how can we help her, yeah. you know, and how can we help him? Yeah. Um, and what's the, what's the format and the strategy we can have behind that? So... Different models work in different environments. Mm -hmm. I've been able to visit lots of preteen environments in the last few months, mm -hmm. which has been really cool. Uh, there are some where someone from student ministries and someone from children's ministry literally create the environment together. Okay. So they're sitting in a room and then they're getting volunteers to actually implement it, but okay. they're figuring out, okay, well, what do we need to create and what are we going to do right. and how is it going to tie from this to that and that to this. And, and it does take both of them. It is a family, like you said, it's a family ministry yeah. discussion. Yeah. It, it, but it, shout out to all those youth pastors and all those children's pastors who, who are getting are along. Together. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Budget. Budget. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the answer absolutely. is preteen. How do you get them to get along? Preteen. Pre yeah, <laughs> that's right. There you go. Yeah, but you have to do the same thing. I mean, you probably have those same discussions for those churches with a middle school right. pastor and a, and a high school pastor. On, on some level, you do have to work together because yeah. you have to figure off what the, what the, what's the bridge, right. what's the handoff, what's the pickup, yeah. you know, all, of, all of those things. It's the relay race. Yeah. 
I would say the first thing a, a church needs to try to figure out is how to create a unique environment for their preteens as soon as possible. Yeah. Because by the time you get to the second half of fourth grade, beginning of fifth grade, you really are starting to check out of that environment. Mm -hmm. If you've been there since kindergarten, you've been a part of this environment for almost six years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You also, at this phase of your life, are starting to remember things you did two or three years right. ago. Mm -hmm. And very often, children's ministries are on a three-year right. scope and cycle. It's like, yeah. we're going to take you from K to second and then third to fifth, but we're going to cover the same things. Mm -hmm. And you're like, in their minds, because of the way they, they process time, they just did that. Yeah, right. And so they're like, I just did that. Why am yeah. I doing it again? And, and so they are on some level checking out because it's our fault. Right. One of the things that you mentioned in the book that I thought was just really helpful was what's the difference in a preteen and a middle school environment? Because I was asking that question like, yeah. okay, yeah. that's well, great. And that's the thing, because a lot of people, they're just moving them up. So right. they're saying, okay, skip this, give them a unique environment, but it's not a unique environment. It's just your middle school environment. Right. So now you have 14-year-olds about to enter high school with 10-year-olds 10. 10 yeah. who hasn't turned 11 yet. Yeah. And that is a massive yeah. age span, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say it's a similar tension we feel when people have a combined middle and high school right. ministry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is when they're there from 6th through 12th grade by the time they're in... 10, 11, 11 and 12, they're like, we've been doing this forever. So it's like, right. it just looks a little bit different in the age group, but absolutely that. Yeah, because I feel the topics that a fifth grader and a third grader, some of them should be the same, mm -hmm. but it needs to be done at a different level yep. with that fifth grader than it was done at the third grader. And similarly, the fifth grader also, like we've said, needs some of what the eighth grader is hearing, uh -huh. mm -hmm. but they also need to hear it at their level. Yep. Right. So tell me, we talked a little bit about 252 is the children's curriculum that we do here at Orange and you're part of the preteen curriculum. Yeah. So tell me, how does that look different? How do the two curriculums look different? How do they look the same? So what, how does this oh, differentiate? Great. So similar to XB3 middle and mm -hmm. high school, we have a shared mm -hmm. scope and cycle. Ours is though 100% the same. So okay. there's, there's no variation, okay. you know, in that that you guys have, mm -hmm. but the approach is from a place of tension, okay. uh, which we worked really hard with the XP3 middle school team yeah. to learn how do we introduce tension into an environment, especially our large group environment, right. which is really more of a communicator mm -hmm. than a storyteller. Mm -hmm. um, but instead of a bottom line, we have a key question. Okay. And I, I, I talk about the difference in the book between tying bows and landing planes okay. in the way that we communicate to kids. And when we communicate to kids, we love to create a little present and we mm -hmm. tie a bow on it. So when they are finished with large group, they know exactly what they need to yep. know and here it is. And then when they get to small group, they open up the package and they look at it again, but then they bring it back together yep. and they tie the bow. For a preteen environment, I love the analogy of landing a plane. Uh -huh. When a plane lands at the airport, you are not at your final destination yet. You want them to continue thinking past the large group environment into the small group environment, okay. which is why we land with a question. Because the question is cueing the brain, mm -hmm. you still need to start thinking, you still need to be thinking about this. Right. We're not done We're not with done. the discussion yet. Yeah. We're not going to give them all the answers 
in that large group Mm -hmm. environment, we are going to set them up Mm -hmm. to explore the topic on their own. Right. Okay. In the context of that small group. Yeah. That's great. I love that because I feel like that, that feels possible to talk about a certain topic in children's ministry, Mm -hmm. in the younger children's ministry, and then just tweak it just enough to make it work. Yeah. Because the applications are going to be different. Right. They're going to be more, you know, even the way we do our, our videos, like yeah. if you use our video for uh, the, the communicator part, yeah. it is like you're watching a YouTube video, right. like you're watching Rhett and Link, you is, know, it's, it's a little random, it's zany, yeah. but it's speaking their language. Yeah. Hey, those videos that you guys have been producing for preteens is maybe one of my favorite parts of this whole thing. <laughs> and I'm going to pretend like I just watched them for research and not because I think they're yeah, hilarious. Nice, nice. But you can, you can actually watch those for free online, right? Is that true? Yes. If you go to studio252.tv, mm-hmm. all of our 252 curriculum videos are posted okay. on there. But yeah, if you look for the so-and-so show, that is our preteen Exclusive. The so and so show. Yeah, the yeah, so and so, so show. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. So I think most of our listeners or all the listeners would agree with what you're saying, but chances are we're dealing with a lot of churches that don't necessarily have the volunteer capacity to make this happen yeah. or the space in their building to make mm-hmm. this happen. Budget, you know, whatever. So what <laughs> there's lots of lots a of lot, a lot of yeah. you know different variables there. So what would you say to them? What should they do to help make this possible, a reality for them? Yeah, well, I would say, you know, just because you may not be able to create a unique environment Mm -hmm. every Sunday Mm -hmm. for them, you can create unique experiences throughout the year. That's great. Mm. You really want your preteens to be anticipating something. Mm -hmm. I mean, really throughout entire family ministries, to keep them wanting more, that you're not giving everything away, Mm -hmm. you know, in the... Let's say you do have a preteen environment. I'm not going to give that preteen environment everything my high school environment has. Right. Like I am going to tailor it Mm -hmm. along the way so there's always something that they're looking forward to. So if you can't create that environment, I would say it's with your small group leaders, Mm -hmm. you know, what is the unique small group experience that you can give a fourth and fifth grader, even if they're in the same room Mm -hmm. with a, a kindergartner through a third grader? What is different about those small group leaders if they're not consistent up until now mm-hmm. is now when you really make them consistent small groups where they are same kids, mm-hmm. same leader, and mm-hmm. you you start to really ramp up the relational aspects. Mm-hmm. It could be that they get a camp experience that mm-hmm. your the rest of children's ministry doesn't get. And mm-hmm. so when they're in third grade, they're like, oh, I can't wait to get to mm-hmm. this, right. to fourth and fifth grade because I get to do this right. camp thing, or I get to go do the service project thing, right. or I get to serve on, or I get to come on stage and be part of the worship yeah. team or, you know, whatever that is, you elevate something, mm-hmm. whether it's a leadership thing or an event thing that can happen, yeah. you know, regardless. But I've seen multi-site churches make preteen environments out of pipe and drape in a hallway. That's awesome. Mm. So the space does not need to be an issue if you can figure out creative ways to create environments. Dan, that's super helpful. It's no matter what your church size, budget size, whatever, it's possible to make this work. And I love that super tangible steps to take. Does anybody have any final thoughts, anything they kind of want to wrap this up with? I would just say uh, from 
talking to middle school pastors, they often wonder, are, this is a kid thing. Like, do I really need to pay attention to this? I would say yes. And this is why. Mm-hmm. You want positive momentum going into middle school. Right. Amen. As, a, as the middle school pastor, you don't want to feel like you are trying to rope all of yeah. these kids back. I mean, yeah. we have statistics. Mm. We have talked to the churches who are re-enrolling kids into sixth grade. Like they have literally dropped off the attendance roster. Right. What if, just think about it. What if you worked with kids ministry yeah. and you built momentum so the kids never checked out. Yeah. In fact, they brought friends because they loved it so right. much and you had to add kids because you were literally adding kids, yeah. not because they were coming back. That's you know, so Gosh, that is so inspiring as the high school person sitting around the table <laughs> because I think it's so tempting to feel like, Eh, not my job. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, if we were able to harness the momentum that kids feel about coming to church in elementary school and keep it through middle school, yeah. how much easier would our jobs be in high school? Yeah. Um, and I just feel, I don't know, I feel personally challenged in that instead of looking at the kids we graduate this year from senior year to 11th grade, maybe, maybe we need to start imagining what it would be like if the same number of kids we graduate from fifth grade to sixth grade are still with us senior year. Mm. And I think preteen ministry is probably going to be the key to that. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Well, Dan, this was super helpful and insightful and thank you for joining us. And we definitely want to link to your book. So we'll have a link to that in our show notes, but where can people go right now? Where's the easiest place people could go to, to find your book? Amazon. Amazon. Amazon.com. Prime that thing. Absolutely. (laughs) Prime it. Amazon. Caught in between is the name of the book and it's a fantastic resource. I want to encourage everybody to check it out. So thanks for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love you to subscribe to the podcast through our podcast app and leave us a review. And if you want to learn more about the student curriculum and strategy we're all a part of at Orange, then visit the show notes for this episode at rethinkingym.org. Until next time, thank you for listening.